You've spent years tracking down the mysterious civilization of flumps. Tales of their intelligence have circled the Underdark for years, but few have been graced with their presence. Yesterday, an adventurer came to Arendil, telling of these magical creatures and how they saved him from a group of aboliths a few miles away from the city. With this news, he raced to the site where the adventurer claimed to have met the mysterious flump. As you approach the small glade in the Underdark, you notice twelve faintly glowing mushrooms grouped together, each glowing a soft pink. As you step closer, they burst into the air, releasing a satisfying <laughs> sound. I found the flump! you exclaim, and as you say the word flump, they all shift color to a strong red and dash away from you, clearly annoyed. Welcome to Keepers of the Monster Guild. I am Cole. I use whatever pronouns you want. As long as you're talking about me, that's all I need. Is that all today? Yeah. Let's keep it nice and simple. Okay. okay. Hi, I'm Macha Mello. I'm another Keeper of the Monsters Guild. I use she, her pronouns, and we aren't doing a fun bit at the beginning, and I'm a little disappointed about that, but we're going to move on. Sometimes you just need <laughs> to keep it simple. Sometimes you, know, you wake I, up I understand. and you just don't have energy, and you should be like, all right, let's record a podcast, and I will do my best. You know what? You're going to be so happy about this, though, because the facts about Flumpf are so, so good. The only thing I know about them is they look like flying jellyfish with weird eyes. Yeah. And they have a fun name. That's, they do have a fun name. That is exactly why I picked them. Flumpf. Before this episode, I knew nothing about them. I just was looking at a list of monsters, and I saw the name. I'm like, I'm going to talk about those. I'm going to learn everything I can about those. And... There were some amazing Reddit threats that gave me a whole bunch of information. So thank you, Reddit, for being the treasure trove of weird information that I need in my life. Fair. And then I have a fun game. It's not really a game. We'll figure it out. We'll get there. So I'm just going to start reading things. Interrupt as you want. I'll go probably paragraph paragraph by paragraph because I got a lot. So the Flump is a unique creature found in the Underdark that is both kind and helpful to good aligned beings. Although they may appear physically weak, they possess high intelligence and powerful psionic abilities. Is that how you say psionic? I, yeah, psychic, psionic. Yeah, cool. Just wanted to make sure. They possess high intelligence and powerful psionic abilities, making them highly regarded among psionics. The origins of flumps remain a mystery, as they do not seem to be related to any other creature, leading some to speculate that they originate from another plane. However, despite their otherworldly nature they have adapted well to life in the underdark and rarely find themselves in dangerous situations that they cannot handle don't feel like there's a lot to talk about there so i'll continue (laughs) flumps have a distinctive appearance resembling floating jellyfish they have a dome-shaped body with tentacles that hang down as they drift through the air the dome is adorned with large eye stalks and a toothless mouth used solely for breathing additionally Plumps have the unique ability to emit a soft glow of various colors, reflecting their emotions. Soft pinks indicate contentment, while other colors such as green, blue, red, and yellow represent curiosity, sadness, anger, and fear, respectively. 
The intensity of the color corresponds to the intensity of the emotion. So they just change colors to show the emotions? They're a mood ring. That's cute. They're, they're a jellyfish mood ring, and I love it so much. If their mouth is just used for breathing, do they just, like, eat intelligence? Yeah. So I can hop to that real quick because I, I do really like this. So basically, their feeding is basically something that really sets them apart from different monsters. They are considered dangerous to psionic beings because they feed off psionic energy as their primary source of sustenance. They do so discreetly, feeding from a safe distance without any physical indication. Their main food source is typically illithids. If I say these wrong, I'm sorry. Mind flayers. Mind flayers, yep. And then they also feed on aboliths and other psionic creatures. What are they feeding on? Just like their memories and their like dreams and stuff. And just their mental stuff. Like they can kill things by feeding on them too aggressively. Okay. Cause like they're, they're, they're feeding off of things that are like pretty well known for being very smart and like having good high mental capacity for stuff. And the fact that like they wouldn't get found out is shocking. Mm-hmm. I agree. I think it's just like it's it's such a subtle thing most of the time that they don't even notice. They're just taking like very, very little bites essentially of it. They're nibbling. They're nibbling. Yeah, they're they're snackers. <laughs> Same. I can relate. Mind snackers. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. The D&D mind snacker. <laughs> Every party needs one. Every party needs one. Um. And it also says, however, flumps feed on too many individuals or consume excessive amounts of psionic energy. They themselves can become weakened or even die so they can overeat. <laughs> That's a strange thing to put in there. I know. There's so much here. They're so good. They're really cautious not to draw suspicion on them, on the communities they feed upon. They possess a natural shroud of psionic energy that protects them. So it makes it harder for other psionics to detect them okay it says illithids or mind flayers in particular are aware that physical confrontation is the most effective way to deal with flumps often employing slaves for that purpose and then i have a lot about this fact that i'm really excited to talk about additionally feeding off evil creatures exposes flumps to witnessing many evil acts oh, no. which can weigh heavily on the inherently good nature of the flump that's so sad to alleviate I know. To alleviate the stress caused by such experiences, flums often vent to their community members. However, those who cannot find an outlet for venting may turn into dark, dark flumps. Uh, so this is just showing us that therapy is good for everyone and everything. <laughs> everyone needs someone that they can vent to, even a flump. Yeah. Okay, I need to tell you more about these dark flumps. Okay, tell me about these evil flumps that just have anger management problems. So dark flumps are flumps that never got to vent about the terrible things they saw and turned evil. Typically, they don't live very long and disregard the safety of another creature because they need to vent. Their venting can kill lower level intelligence creatures as their venting can erupt in a psionic blast. They are the ultimate trauma dumpers. <laughs> they also flash quickly between glowing colors like a rainbow. Huh. No regulation <laughs> over their emotions. Yeah. But I just like this idea, like, they're just, like, trauma dumping so hard that it kills people. It's the ultimate, uh, vicious mockery. Yeah. Let me tell you about all the bad shit I've ever seen. To be fair, though, there are times... Please don't die. There have been times, like, someone tells me the trauma, it's like, I don't know how to respond to that, and I feel drained just talking about this, so... Can relate. See, if a flump does it, if a flump does it, though, you die. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, gosh, I, I just cannot get over that. I don't know why, but that's just like it's stuck in my brain so hard where it's just like 
they need friends. They have to vent to their friends about the shit they see. Yep. I love it so much. Okay. Other things that I have. Flumps, they live in the underdark and they look like jellyfish. So in terms of locomotion, which I love that I use that word. Okay. Flumps use air jets attached to the bottom of their dome structure to control their gentle drifting through the air. They rely on wind currents to float and by gulping in air and expelling it through the jets. They can maneuver and navigate their surroundings using that. No. You can't tell me these cute little creatures navigate by farting. They do. And that's where their name comes from is the sound they make. Uh, and they hate it. And they hate it. They hate their name. Yeah. Imagine if someone called you fart. What's up, fart? You'd probably so turn bad. angry too and run away. I would too. But, I, but like they can communicate, right? Like they have psionic abilities, so they can't technically communicate, but they don't have like names they want to be dressed by. Like they're, they're just like, they're just part of their communities and their communities don't necessarily have names. And in their communities, like they have very specific roles, but like they don't have like. Are they hive mind creatures? I don't think so. I think they, they all have like distinct memories, but they're, they're so close just because they need to vent about the awful shit they see. So they're they're very communal. That'd be communal. I think it's like smallish groups that they okay. usually have. Like five to sixteen is kind of the range. I'm trying to imagine a society where like you don't have a name and people just kind of refer to you as what you do. Yeah. It'd be weird. And I feel like I should have got like, like a lot of last names like Potter or Smith. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I could see that. It didn't go into that stuff very much in the stuff I was able to find, unfortunately. But I feel like there's a lot of fun things you could do with, like, building a flump society. <laughs> and I love that. <laughs> Just don't call them flumps. So how big are they, typically? You know, I didn't write that down. And I need to look that up. Because I'm picturing That's just, like, like, very tiny, like, mushroom-sized type of creatures. Let me look it up. I think they're bigger than that. So they are two foot in diameter. They're not that big. It's like it's like a big mushroom, a real like a like a good it's, mushroom. It's about the size of Toad from Mario. Yeah, yeah, and they live for about twenty years. That's pretty long. And when they find a mate, they're mates for life. I'd imagine so, because they're very good communication communicators. They have very good communication about the terrible shit they say. It's weird that like that is such a problem that they have a name for it, and they still choose to feed off of mind flayers who commit atrocities all the time. I think it's partially because they are like, like lawful good creatures that like. They don't want to potentially harm other good creatures. They would rather harm creatures who are doing bad, terrible things. And in the Underdark, that's pretty easy to find. But if there's, if it's so subtle that like no one even notices that they're being fed off of, mm -hmm. are they really harming anyone? Maybe in their minds they are. Who can say? Who can say? Another thing that I really like about flumps is that when they need to camouflage, and I talked about this in the intro a little bit, they'll retract their eye stalks and like hide their mouth so they just look like mushrooms. Cute. And I love that. I love that so much. I think that's cute in concept. I think if I were to see something grow a mouth and eye stalks and start staring at me, I'd be terrified. I'd be mortified. <laughs> I would not sleep for the next <laughs> weeks. 
<laughs> please, please do not ever do that to us, Mr. Flump or Mrs. Flump or a gender Flump. Flump X. Flump X. Okay. I have a few more things. Okay. So another variant of a flump is there are aquatic flumps. Okay. They aren't really all that different. They just, instead of having air jets, they have water jets. That's just a jellyfish. That's just a jellyfish. It's just a, it's just a, it's just a smart jellyfish. That's what it is. It's like, a jellyfish that farts. That's all it is. Yeah, it's all it is. It's not different. Um, Let's see. What do the tentacles so, do then, if not for, like, feeding? I, mm, let me look. Let's see if it's in my notes. So they can use their tentacles to club attackers is what I have written down. Nice. So, so they're used for slapping things. Yep. Okay. Basically. Um, when they fight, they often use like hit and run tactics. So they'll use like they'll slap something and then they'll run away. Fair. And it's just, it's, it's like hard to get to them because they can fly. Right. Yeah. And they're pretty quick. Um, they also have an ability to spray a flap, a foul smelling poisonous liquid at their targets, but it can only be used once today. Okay. To the very car. Just about that. And then I have that. Flumps make great friends. I'd imagine. So long as you're a good person, much like our blink dogs. <laughs> yeah. Oh, um, they will off. It was such a cute party. They could be the best of friends. A blink dog and a flump just on their own little event. That'd be a great like two person adventure. Oh, that would be so cute. Oh, everything would be good. <laughs> Fighting illithids and displacer beasts. You die. The could beat on displacer beast. Easy. <laughs> um, they'll often gather food and water for their friends. And it's considered a great honor to have a flump meant to you, as it's often reserved for the most trusted individuals. Cute. And I love that. Very, very I love cute. that. Um, and I think that's like the majority of the stuff that I have on them. I just, I love them so so very much they are so like like going into this i only knew like kind of what they looked like and their name mm -hmm. i didn't realize they were just kind of like almost jokey to an extent like comically yeah. excessive yeah and i love it and they're like they're kind of like reclusive but they'll like go out of their way to help adventurers if like they're like going to go into like a dangerous abolith lair or something cute and I like that. But they also will try and protect their food source. Mm. So they don't want you to necessarily kill them. Because it's an easy feeding source. And they do need that to live. So what you do then is you uh, just like restrain the abolith so they can never escape. And they are stuck starving forever. Yeah. That's, that's a good that thing would, to do, right? That's a good wholesome thing to do. We'd have to run it by a flump. I don't see what they think. I don't think they'd agree with that philosophy. <laughs> I don't think so. I don't think so either. I don't think so either. But that's all I have. I do have a weird, it's not a game. It's more of like a D&D homebrew monster review. Okay. Plus one real monster. Okay. Um, just some stuff that I found that I wanted to share and I want your reactions on because I think they're fun. All right. Okay. So... And some of these have longer descriptions and some of them have like fucking nothing. That's how homebrew works. <laughs> yeah. So the first monster that I found is the gelatinous displacer cube. I name alone. Hate it. Terrifying. Hate don't don't want to deal with it. <laughs> Get it away from me and my campaign. Okay. Let me tell you about it though, because it's fucking terrifying. Okay. <laughs> I can tell you what it does. It's, so, a, it's a gelatinous cube that has the displacer beast ability. So 
So it's a gelatinous cube that devoured an entire pack of displacer bees because one isn't enough. And in doing so, adopted some of their traits. They're huge monsters. It gains the avoidance and displacement traits. And it also, for some reason, gains four tentacles that can be used for attacks that have 15 foot reach. Oh, that's the displacer beast ability. Yeah. And then when someone fails a strength save against them, they're just engulfed by the cube. Yep. Like, that's the worst of both worlds. So, my immediate thought is we talked about blink dogs last week. Would blink dogs mm-hmm. attack this the same way that they would attack a displacer beast? I think so. That that's just killing an entire pack of blink dogs now. Yeah, no, it's not okay. Just keep them as far away from these. This is cubes not as a thing that should exist, and I hate whoever created no. it. I hate it too. You have the, the, whoever it. created this has doomed every single blink dog in this in the near vicinity of this gelatinous cube to death. You know how in our last episode we said if you kill Blink Dogs, you're a monster? Yeah. This person is a They're, monster. They have doomed packs and packs of Blink Dogs. This is how we cause Blink Dog extinction. Yep. It's on you, man. Or woman. I don't know who you are. Okay. The next one I have, I really enjoy. Okay. The next one is Bureaucratic Red Tape. Bureaucratic? That's a monster? <laughs> You can't just put capitalism as a as a as a monster in your games. It's D and D. You can do whatever you want. You can't just like I guess Brendan Lee Mulligan does it in every single Dimension Twenty campaign. That is the ultimate enemy is capitalism. But that make it like the physical embodiment of that's so silly. Okay, tell me about this bureaucratic red tape. So it is a large construct. It's basically a bear shaped golem constructed of bureaucratic paper forms red tapes pin plumes and ink wells for eyes that's all right it attacks twice it, this one has an like it has stat blocks for this this is like, some fucking toontowns bullshit i don't know if you ever played toontowns the enemy in that was again capitalism and business as a whole yeah. this is like yeah. a final boss in fucking toontowns yeah okay so it does 2d6 plus 3 slashing damage I don't know what's slashing with. Maybe the pin quills or the tape. It's paper cuts. Those are very hard paper cuts. Um, So on a successful hit, the bureaucratic red tape may choose to grapple one target. The target follows the grapple rules to thwart. But if the grapple is successful, they take 1d10 gold tax damage per turn. (laughs) Wait. So are they taking like physical damage or just like we're losing one D10 gold? Just losing money. Just losing money. That sounds oh god. Yeah, this is some Looney Tunes. This is some fucking two towns bullshit. <laughs> Any gold on their possession is magically spewed away in the forms of taxes and fees. <laughs> if the bureaucratic red tape is successful, successfully defeats the player who took gold damage, receives a letter form receipt tallying up the gold they lost. And then alternatively, if form 7204K is completed and filled out properly, the player is immune from the bureaucratic red tape, which is which until at which time the form expires. Oh, I hate it. I, I know I know exactly like the type of person that would make this creature and put it into their campaigns. And that person's a sociopath is what that is. It's me. I didn't make this, but I would do it. Yeah, you're a sociopath. I had moral carks in a campaign. It's fine. Uh. Yeah, I know. I'm not gonna. Okay. We'll move on from the bureaucratic red tape. 
The next one I have is a real D&D monster. And I don't have a lot of facts on this one because I didn't want to do all the research on it. But I just read this blurb on Reddit and I needed to share it with you. Okay. So the flail snail. Do you know about the flail I snail? I have used the flail snail multiple times. I love the flail snail. He is terrifying. The, the blurb I read on Reddit about him, or it, is a rainbow-colored scale snail with flails for eyes. When it is reduced to zero HP, it retreats into its shell and screams piercingly for two minutes before finally dying. Yep. Why? <laughs> to make you feel bad about killing a snail, because the only reason you'd kill it is for its shell. Its shell is worth a shit ton of money. It has flails for eyes. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> no, this is a creature uh, I don't really... I, I looked at it a, a few years ago. But basically, mm -hmm. it was just like, whoever came up with it just thought flail snail sounded fun and wanted to make a creature based off of that. I like it. And you know what? Like understandable. It. I understand that. The last monster I have, which has no description at all. This is all it said. This was the whole Reddit post. Yep. Goose Hydra. Goose Hydra, yeah. Uh, this, Goose Hydra. This, okay, so here's my thoughts on this creature, right? It was made when Untitled Goose Game was very popular and big. And uh, everyone loved, yeah. and also at the time that that false Hydra was trending around on TikTok. And so they said, hey, what if I just combine just, those two things? It will be chaos. Yeah. And it will be beautiful chaos. And I hate geese. So, like, geese are terrifying. And, like, one of their mouths is jerks. creepy enough. Yeah. We don't need seven goose heads. That's all the monsters I had, though. All right. I figured I figured you would enjoy some of those. The bureaucratic red tape uh, is definitely it's, the best one. It's a name for sure. I would be so annoyed if a DM threw that into my game. I'd be like, come on. Uh. Welcome to the mid-roll. I'm Cole. It's a beautiful day out today, and I think once I'm done editing this episode, I'm going to go for a bike ride. But before I get to that, we do have a few things to take care of. I want to thank you all for listening. We've been doing this for a few weeks now, and we would love to get your guys' feedback. So if you could this week, we would love it if you guys could leave us a review. Whether that's on iTunes, Apple Podcast, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever, just leave a rating or a review. It would mean a lot to us to just let us know what you like and what you think we could improve on. And if you're looking for other ways to help us out, word of mouth is absolutely the best way for podcasts to grow. Sharing us with a friend, a coworker, or just anyone you think that might enjoy this podcast helps get more eyes on us, more than any reviews or ratings ever can. Thank you all, and we'll get back to the show. So, I have some questions about the flumps. The flumps, go on. If you could add them into any animated Disney Pixar movie, which one would you put them in? I have a correct answer for this. There is a correct answer. The first one I went to was up, and it's not where they should Just go. And as the that. balloons? <laughs> they just, they're just hanging out, That's... you know. <laughs> <laughs> All right. The other one I had was Nemo. Nemo's a good um, one. 
Because they feel like they would belong. I think the, At least the aquatic ones. I think the uh, objectively correct answer is Lilo and Stitch. Oh, they would be so good there. Yeah. They need a vent <laughs> with Lilo and Stitch. Ohana. Oh. Ohana. Um, oh, I love that. <laughs> Talk about how they fly. Uh, have you ever seen or used a flump in a game that you've been on? I haven't. I think I've only been part of one game that was in the Underdark. Okay. And I think all we really saw were like Drow and gelatinous cubes. Like we didn't get very far. I remember I crashed a wedding with like a spider chariot thing. Sounds about right. But you know that that we didn't get much further than that. I caused a lot of chaos. My little cute tabaxi wizard self. Fair. Underdark is a no. strange plane because, like, mm-hmm. there's it's not technically a separate plane of existence. It is just like deep earth. Yeah, and it's just kind of like what creatures reside there. There's a lot of creepy things. It's kind of like deep sea stuff, kind yeah, of is almost. how I view it. But like, I feel like there's not a lot of campaigns that I've been a part of that have gone there. A lot of ones I've been on, you know, top side of the world. So or other planes entirely. Mm-hmm. Honestly, I think I've only been to another plane in a game like once. Um, I think I've been a few times, but it's not frequent. Yeah, a lot of the games I've played are homebrew more than anything, and so they just never there. Sure. How would you use a flump in a game campaign setting? I think my favorite idea is like having a a like little like mini quest or something where you're trying to help the flump either like get back to its little like community or help it find love like i just want to do something cute with the flump is what i want to do yeah or like just just become its best friend and let it vent to me about the terrible awful things it's seen yeah makes sense i, I just i want to be best friends with the flump that's that's how i would use it yeah. I, just like a little mini quest or i mean if you want to be more practical you can use it to save your adventurers from like going and fighting a mind player but like yeah i just love the I idea like of matcha's D adventures are just trying to collect all the animals yeah i am that person that's unfortunately i am that person i have always said like i would want to play a summoner class in D if i could but i also understand that, like mm-hmm. that's such a huge ask on any dm to manage that many things yeah i think if you have the right dm you could do it more than likely what i would do if i were to like try to make that class is just be like have the player character be functionally useless while any other summons are out mm-hmm. and just have them so kind of like how you play divinity original sin where you just faint <laughs> yeah so i'm a little guy play dead and i'm fine <laughs> don't ever bother me i'm dead yeah that's exactly how you would play it. I can see it 100%. Or have it do like just like a really easy thing every single turn. Yeah. Like every single turn, like I think of Divinity, where you have like the, the soul totems. I and it just that... shoots no matter what, right? Like those are easy mechanics that you're just doing easy chip damage. Yeah, and I think if you are going that route, you, the player, have to be responsible for those stat blocks and you cannot put that on mm-hmm. the DM. No, no. I think you and the DM have to work very closely together to make sure it's not breaking the game. True. But with a good DM, you can do anything, right? I mean, in base game, you can just summon eight fucking wolves at level three as a druid. Yeah. So. Which is insane, honestly. I I feel like when you're doing that, you just have to play with them as a pack. Yeah. So they take one collective turn. 
That's how you should play it. Or you can have eight <laughs> extra actions, all with advantage oh, on attack. Oh, yay. We love combat that takes even longer. Mm -hmm. I don't like D&D combat. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think there's a dragon out there that collects flumps like people collect plushies? I feel so bad for the flumps if they do. <laughs> I feel like they would nope the fuck on out. I don't think they would get caught. Hopefully. But, but like, also, dragons are really intelligent. Yeah, say, like, dra the dragons keep the mesical collectible thing. The flumps keep the dragon around because it's food. It's a win-win. It is a win-win. It is a win-win. I think the flumps would be very upset, though. They would need a lot of therapy uh, I to think, deal with the dragon. I think the type of dragon that would collect flumps would not necessarily be an evil dragon. But they only feed on evil thoughts. No, they feed on any thoughts, you said. They just prefer it's evil. Mostly they do prefer evil, and then get upset that they, they give. Those people, they are lack. They are the people who are lactose intolerant, and then still eat dairy. That's what the flumps are. I'm realizing. Yeah, yeah, they are. They are. They they hurt themselves. It's like I know it's not good for me, but it tastes so good. It tastes so good. It's not morally unjust if I'm the <laughs> one getting all the drama. Uh, I always I view them as like I can fix you. That's how I'm viewing them. I can fix them. No, mom, you don't understand. It's not just a phase, Mom. I can fix it. I can fix the Mind Flayer. I'm sure you can. Yep, you got this, darling. If you <laughs> had to entertain a flump for a day, how would you do it? I wouldn't go flump at it, I tell you that. No? No, it would leave me very quickly. You'd get irritated? I think I would just listen to the flump. That's all I would have to do. I think that's all the flump wants. Yeah. I think they have enough people to talk to, though. <laughs> But I listen well. <laughs> I'm a better <laughs> listener than all those the civilization I... that's built around listening. Yeah. That is some egotistical shit right there. I'm fine with it. I'm fine with it. That's I'm the biggest ego it. I think I've ever seen you have. <laughs> I can listen better than any other thing. Even these creatures designed for listening. I am good listener. <laughs> as I actively interrupt everything. <laughs> Maybe I just tell them all my shit. Maybe. Maybe that would entertain them. Would they feed off of my shit? I really wonder if you can get a flump with like the same way you like entertain a cat, like throwing a laser pointer at the ground. And it just bloop onto the ground. Flump zoomies. I like... <laughs> can you imagine? It would sound like fart so much. Do you think it smells? <laughs> yeah. Oh. I do. Those, these poor creatures. They can spray acidic stuff. And they live in the Underdark. These poor, poor creatures. They travel from farts. They look like weird jellyfish. They kind of look like mind flayers. Not mind flayers. Beholders, oh but more jelly and less eyes. They look like if you combine a jellyfish and a slug. Yeah. Except they're like, bottom of their jellyfish tentacles have like these little spikes because they're like little club mace. Yeah, they're terrifying. They are, but they're really nice. Apparently. So they Apparently. say. So they say. All right. My final question is, what setting do you think that the flumps work best in? I mean, the Underdark is definitely where they belong, I think. I think it, it has the most readily available food source. I think it just makes the most sense for them. I, I would think it'd be kind of hard to pull it out of that. 
I, I could see them in like the Fey Wilds. That could be kind of cool. I don't think but... setting was the correct word. I mean, more so like a genre. Because mm. to me, like I think they work best in like a comedy sort of campaign, where you're not taking things too seriously. See, I really want them in like a Cthulhu style campaign where they are the comedic relief. Oh yeah, that's what I want. We we all need a little bit of a break from like the terrors and horrors of Cthulhu style. Or I mean, they already look kind of like many Cthulhu's. That's not they true do. at all. I mean, I can see it though. I can see where you're coming. You can't say that anything that just like has tentacles looks like Cthulhu. Yeah, I can. You can, but you'd be wrong. I can't. That's fine. I'm fine with that. Just say H.G. Wells, but that's not. Who wrote Lovecraft? Fucking Lovecraft. They're called Lovecraftian horrors. You dumb idiot. <laughs> it's okay. I was calling them Cthulhu horrors because I can't remember it. It's fine. Great old ones, regardless. Mm-hmm. But I feel like in that sort of campaign, they would be really good. Or something wonderful and magical with like dogs, because I also Fair. really like that. That's a very. I good think idea. either of those would be very good. Or such. I wonder dog. how they would get along. I would assume that they would get along pretty fine. Yeah. I don't know how the bling dogs would communicate with them. I don't think they have to. They can communicate via vibes. Vibes alone. The vibes alone will get them through. They just can't fit to the blink dogs. Uh, um, or buddies. All right, that's all my questions. That's all I got too. Any? I just love books. They they're very fun. Um, next week we're gonna be talking about the Kuo Tao. Ooh. I don't know if you know anything about them. I don't. I don't. But I like their name. They are yeah. Uh, they are a creature that is very like fun conceptually for me. I'm excited to learn more. Because I know absolutely nothing about them. I don't even know what they look like. It's good. So. If you enjoy our podcast, please share it with friends. Uh, word of mouth is a great way for us to grow. If you want to support us directly, we do have a Patreon. That is in the episode description. Other than that, leave reviews, I guess. Um, I don't know where those actually show up now I'm thinking about it. <laughs> I have no idea either. Uh, I don't know. So leave a review and we'll see if we can find them. Give us a review. We'll talk about it next week if we can find them. <laughs> we'll figure it out. Be our guinea pigs, please. And thank yes, you. please. We appreciate you. I have been Cole. You can find me online at, at Universal Catboy, basically anywhere. Uh, matcha. I'm Matcha Mellow. Thank you for listening. Um, you can find me at Matcha Mellow or Matcha Mellow TV on a ton of different platforms. So just make sure to go check that out. And I don't have anything else. But outro was awkward. It's fine. Goodbye. Keepers of the Monster Hill is created by Macha Mello and Cole. It is edited by Cole. And our music is created by April O. Links for everything is in the episode description. And you can follow us on Twitter. Thank you all for listening. 